recording. Okay. Okay, everybody. Hello. Uh, so for <clears throat> the benefit of those who were not here yesterday, we started the first part of the series in discussing why um, why Pesach is so uh, central to Pesach, uh, why the Korban Pesach is so central to the Chag of Pesach, because uh, otherwise, it's like a uh, a Hanukkah without a, a Hanukkah without a Hanukkah. and we talked about the um, the major aspects of the Korban Pesach, uh, in the fact that it is our renewal of our license to be Jews, so to speak. Um, it is also one of the two mitzvot say that there's a few parade for. Uh, those are the basic. Uh, oh, and and the and the very fact that we saw the the, the distress that those people in the Midbar had when they were unable to bring the Korban Pesach and they went screaming the Moshe Rabbeinu Lama Nigara uh, all of that indicates uh, that we have uh, a very very serious uh, aspect of, uh, of this holiday uh, and in general of our Jewish identity um, when it comes to um, when it comes to Korban Pesach. Um, okay today I would like to run through um, what exactly we need to do in order to make this work. Okay, how does this how does this work? And I'm not going to touch upon uh, two things. I'm going to say those for the next two installments. I'm not going to discuss eating the korban pesach because that has a whole uh, series of fascinating halachot, and I, that will be tomorrow's shir, bezat Hashem. Uh, and Wednesday's shir, I will talk about um, how to overcome the practical uh, technicalities that seem to stand in our way of bringing the korban pesach on next Wednesday. Okay, uh, so th th those will be two separate uh, se separate pieces. Um, but today I'd just like to talk about, let's assume for a moment that everything is 100%. Uh, Ariella, mute yourself, especially if you're coughing. Are you okay? Sorry. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. It's not corona, I swear. Okay, so be healthy, that's what's important. Now mute yourself. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so the uh, here, here's the story. So in order to, to be part of the Zerigas Korban Pesach thing work. So the first thing that we need to do is to make sure that the people involved are Tehorim. Uh, everybody needs to be Tehor, um, which uh, the, the major Tumah that we need to uh, deal with is going to be Tumat Met, which is going to require us to make sure that everybody is sprinkled on from the Para Aduma, uh, ashes mixed together with water, that's the way it grows, uh, officially on the third and seventh day of becoming Tameh. Now, you don't have to do it on the third day after you become Tameh because you may have become Tameh months ago and you never dealt with it. So it's fine. The first time you go and get sprinkled on will be considered day three. In other words, the day, it has to be day three or later from the initial Tuma to be able to have the Paraduma uh, sprinkled upon you. And then you wait four days later and you do, uh, and you do it again. Okay, that's, that's the process. Many there, there were two ways of going about this. Either you did all this tahara process at home before you started traveling to Yerushalayim, or you traveled to Yerushalayim and you and you did it there. Um, so uh, let's let's just put this into uh, into action at the moment. Um, so the the uh, if I'm not mistaken, Wednesday um, will be. Wednesday. Okay, let, let, let's assume that we need to make sure that you um, that you get your second sprinkling on Tuesday. Okay, we're going to bring the Korban Pesach on Wednesday, so we want to make sure you get your everything is kosher. So we get your, your second sprinkling on Tuesday, and you back up four days, which would be Monday, Sunday, Shabbos, 
right? Monday, Sunday, Shabbos, Friday. Okay, so Friday would be the other other sprinkling that you that, that you would have. So on this by this Friday, you have to either, you have to get your act together. You either do it. Um, they had Parah Duma stations, sort of like Corona testing stations, um, but just differently. Um, and they you could you would you have the first installment done on Friday, and the second installment done on Tuesday. I imagine that it depends on how Shabbos came out and what your travel plans were and if you had where to stay in Yerushalayim, etc. It's obviously easier if you do it all in Yerushalayim because then it's easier to, to, to be concerned about where Tuma is, etc. You don't want to create a situation where you become Tame along the way because you have to travel over a road that became that was problematic. Um, you wouldn't want that to happen. So in any event, somehow, one way or the other, you have to see to it that you get over the Tahara process. Okay, the next thing that we need to do uh, is that we need to form a group. We need to form a chavura that will. Um, um, oh no! So Bachi, Bachi asked the question: How can you do it outside of Yerushalayim? Is the Eifer Paras only in, in by the Beit Hamikdash? No, 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 no. Uh, Mishnah Para clearly tells us that the Eifer of the Paraduma was divided into three sections. Uh, one of the sections was distributed all over the country. In order to be able to make sure people are, are tahorim. For instance, if you're a Kohen, okay, and you live in Kiryat Shmona, and you want to eat Shruma that's given to you from those wonderful apples that are grown up there in the Galil, so you need to be Tahor. You also need to be Tahor from Tumat Mate. So you would need a Paraduma um, up there up north as well. So there were there were Paraduma stations all over the entire country. Okay, so back to the uh, um, back to the uh, to the Chavurah. You need to put a group of people together that they are going to be defined as the Chavura. Now, these are very, um, these are very uh, rigid groups. Uh, you can't jump from group to group. It's not like changing Shirim in the Midrashat, okay, that every two days you can just decide to change, you know, because you feel like it, okay, and move from one to the other and, and, and everything is good, okay? Um, <clears throat> you, you need to, to decide which Chavura you're part of. You actually can change in and out up until the time of the actual Shrita of the Korban Pesach on Erev Pesach uh, afternoon. But from that point on, you cannot make any switches in it whatsoever. So you need to decide uh, what size your group is going to be. Uh, the, the, it, the group needs to be able to feed everyone in the group the minimum of a kezayit of the Korban Pesach. Okay, that, that's the bare minimum. Uh, as I think I mentioned yesterday, that we're talking about uh, a lamb uh, or a baby goat, uh, which I don't know you call them goats, but uh, the, the lamb I know from, from Mary and had a little um, reference to, uh, that, so that, that's, a, that's, that's a lamb. Uh, you, you need it within uh, a kid. Ah, yes, I guess, is it a kid? Yes, it's a kid, because I guess from the Chad Gadya, it would be a kid. Uh, that's, that's the kid. Uh, so, um, thank you. So we have, uh, we have either a kid or a lamb, that is within its before it celebrated its first birthday. Excuse the reference for those of you who are vegans. Um, it has to be brought um, as a korban, uh, as a korban pesa. The size of one of those things would, uh, after it's it's roasted, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, will feed between thirty and fifty people, depending on its size. Okay, so that's the that's the largest amount of people you can have in a group. You can have groups that are much smaller than that as well. You can have a group of six or seven people. Uh, as long as there are six or seven hungry people, uh, and you're not serving much else that's going on, and everybody can have, you know, uh, 15 kizetim of uh, of, of korban pesach. That's also totally that's totally possible. 
Um, it's suggested not to do it one person on their own because it's hard to imagine a person being able to fulfill the halach of not leaving anything over to the morning, um, eating an entire lamb on their own. That's, that's awkward. Okay, uh, so so that that we generally we, we don't do, but the the, the chaburot can be of a different size. They were generally, you know, the, the, the family and uh, maybe the, the, the next door neighbors and the like. Again, we already made the corona jokes on that yesterday. So not to do that. Okay, so you get your, your chavura ready to go uh, and everything is fine. And then on uh, the whole show really begins on um, Erev Pesach, what we call Erev Pesach, okay, which is Pesach, meaning Yud Dalid, uh, the 14th of Nisan uh, in the afternoon. And here a very, very strange thing happens. And hopefully we'll be able to explain the, uh, the importance of this or the significance of it um, in tomorrow's Shia. The, 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 in general, we have the rule of thumb that we don't bring any korbanot prior to the Tamit Shal Shachar, okay, nor after the Tamit Shal Bein Ha'arbayim. There the book ends in the Beit HaMikdash. Every single day we bring two uh, sheep, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. And all of the korbanot have to be done between those two um, korbanot, except for Korban Pesach. Korban Pesach is brought after the Tamid Shobain Harbai. Okay, after hours. Okay, and again, we'll talk about the significance of this tomorrow. But at the moment, we can just explain it how, how it works. The Tamid Shobain Harbaim can be brought from what we call Mincha Gedola, okay, which is six and a half hours after sunrise. Uh, today, uh, here in Israel, we just changed the clock, so it's about 1.15 in the afternoon would be the earliest time you can bring the Tamid Shobain Ha'arbaim. Usually, they pushed off the Tamid Shobain Ha'arbaim about two hours later. They didn't bring it until about 3.15, 4.15, um, and that was the very simple reason that as soon as you bring the Tamid Shobain Ha'arbaim, you're closing down shop. You can't bring anything else in the Beit HaMikdash, so you don't want to close it down in the middle of the afternoon when there's all kinds of people who are you know, going to show up at 2 o'clock, hey, I want to bring a korban. Sorry, buddy, uh, shop's closed. Okay, so they would, they would delay it a couple of hours on a regular basis. However, being that we know that we, have, we can only start the, uh, the Korban Pesach after the Tamit Shobain Harabayim, so we're going to move the Tamit Shobain Harabayim earlier than we generally would. So it appears in the Mishnah that they would back it up an hour. In other words, instead of, let's say, 3.15, um, it, it, it could be done as it could be done as late as as sunset, okay, as long as it's during the day. But the normal time to do it was at uh, let's say three fifteen, for instance. They would back it up to two fifteen in order to allow an extra hour for the korban pesach to be done. In the case that that the day to bring the korban pesach, the fourteenth of Nisan, is is a Friday, which means not only do we need to get this done. The, the, the shechita part, the, everything needs to be done before Shabbat begins. Because, for instance, the, the roasting of the Korban Pesach, if it's, if it's not Shabbat, you can do it in the evening also. It's not a problem. You're allowed to cook on Yom Tov. You're not allowed to cook on Shabbat. So if it came out on Friday, they would back the Tamid Shabbat Harbaim up to the very first moment they could possibly do it. They did the Tamid Shabbat Harbaim to allow as much time as possible um, going forward in order to be able to, to bring... Um, to bring the, the Korban Pesach with enough time for everything. Okay, so it's at that point that people start heading towards the Beit HaMikdash to, um, uh, to, bring, the, uh, to bring the Korban Pesach. 
Now, that's a, for argument's sake, let's assume that we have 30 people um, that are part of our Chavura for the Korban Pesach. There's no reason in the world for all 30 people to go to the Beit HaMikdash. Okay, they don't need it. They stay home, they wash the floors, they clean, they do whatever they want. Okay, they, they practice Chad Gadia, whatever. Okay, um, you take, you have one person um, who goes with the Korban to the Beit HaMikdash on behalf of the rest of the group of people that's there. And the way it was done was that all the people that came to the Beit HaMikdash, they were divided into three groups. Um, and they entered and they, and they, they did the, uh, the, the, the bringing of the Korban Pesach in three different groups. Okay, and as like everything in life, okay, I, 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 there's, there's, there's Madrichot in the crowd, and there's, and there's uh, people who are Shana Bet in the crowd, and there's all kinds of Shana Aleph in the crowd, and, 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 all, and all kinds of stuff like that. So you know how it works, okay? You know, there are the people who show up in the very beginning, okay? Uh, those are the people, right, Bacha's nodding her head, okay? Jackie's saying, I got there, okay? Uh, you know, so they're, they're, they're the people that are there, you know, on Shane's time, and they're, and they're, they're in the first group, but they're, they're all the normal people who come into the second one, and then there are all the people who you sat on the bus calling their name, and they're not there yet. Oh, is it you today? Uh, you know, and they, you know, they finally uh, they finally show up eventually. They go, they're in the third group. Okay, so um, this is not something Midrashah has invented, the idea of coming early, which means on time, um, on time, which means late, and uh, irresponsible, which means late. Uh, the, the, those, uh, th those things are, uh, go all the way back um, to the Korban Pesach, uh, in the Beit HaMikdash. And so they would allow a group of, uh, of people in until there was you know, no more room for anybody else. Uh, and then they would uh, start the process. Now, the, the process that has to be done here is uh, any korban that is brought has a four-stage process to it. Um, the first is shechita, the animal has to be slaughtered. The second one is kabbalah, the blood has to be um, put into, okay, uh, accepted, filled into a, a cup. Uh, the third is holacha, it has to be transported to the mizbeach. And the fourth is zrika, it has to be um, poured or sprinkled, whatever each particular korban requires, uh, the blood has to get to the mizbeach. Once again, shkita, kabbalah, holacha, and zrika. Those are four standard avodot by every single korban in the universe, any animal korban. Obviously, mincha is slightly different, but they're basically the same, they have parallel avodot. So those four, those four items have to be done. So what happens is what they would, they would set up what we would call like a Red Cross line of Kohanim um, that would have rows. So you would stand in, in, in a line, there would be a whole series of Kohanim that would, that would, that would have a, 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 an assembly line um, between the, uh, the person who brought the Korban and the, and the Mizbeach. And here the Shechita would have to be done. The Shechita can be done by a non-Kohanim. Okay, shechita does not have to be either Kohen. It can be done by anybody. So if you want to do your own Shechita and your own Korban, go ahead, give them to hate, have a good time. Um, the, uh, at that point, a Kohen would reach over with a vessel that had a pointy bottom to it, okay? A cone-shaped vessel, and he would accept the blood um, in, with the cone-shaped vessel. The reason that it's a cone-shaped vessel is because we want to make sure that no one leaves the blood lying around. The blood must get to the Mizbeach. And you can imagine all oh, the Balagan, this happened, that happened, someone get called on their cell phone, they were doing a selfie with the coin, uh, and all of a sudden someone puts the blood down, and uh, you know, and all of a sudden it gets left there and never gets to the Mizbeach properly. So they, they created a, a situation where, where, where practically you can't do that. 
Okay, because you simply can't put it down because it's got a streak, it's got a point on the bottom, and therefore you can't put it down. Okay, the Kohen would then um, hand the uh, the Kli to the next Kohen in line, who would in turn hand it to the next Kohen in line, and the next, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down the line, until there was a Kohen who was near the Mizbeach, he would take one step, remember this Holacha, so there's a discussion whether Holacha could be done just by passing this down the, the, the line, or they actually have to take a step, He'd take a step, and then he would pour the blood with one fell swoop on the foundation of the Mizbeach, on the Yesod, on the bottom part of the Mizbeach. Okay, the Korban Pesach is, a, is an exceptional Korban in many ways. This is one of the ways. It only requires the blood to be placed once on the Mizbeach, on the foundation of the Mizbeach. Okay, at which point the Kohen is holding in his hand an empty kli. Well, what does he do with that? Okay, so it's not a marathon, you're just throwing it on the ground. Okay. Um, but rather, you, uh, he would take the empty kli and he would hand it back to the Kohen, who was the second one in the line. Okay, and it would go back along the line exactly the way it came. It would follow its way back to the very front of the line. And at the meantime, someone else had already done their shkita, so the Kohanim are passing the full ones towards the Mizbeach while recycling and returning the, the used ones all the way back to the beginning, the beginning of the line. Take a little bit of coordination. Okay, uh, yeah, lots of koanim. More, more than the standard amount of koanim there. They had all the koanim, uh, you know, tzav shmona, all the koanim have to be there. In general, regular, many of the koanim could come, um, but, uh, but, you know, Pesach, everybody's, everybody's work. Uh, okay, so this is the way uh, that the, uh, the, the korban would be done. By the way, if you want to, uh, just later on, go to YouTube after the shir. Uh, and put in the words uh, Tirgul Korban Pesach, it means practice, okay? Tirgul, Taf Reish uh, Lamed Vav Gimel. Taf Reish Tirgul, yeah, Gimel Vav Lamed. Taf Reish Gimel Vav Lamed, Tirgul Korban Pesach, um, which means the practice of the Korban Pesach. Over the last 10 years or so, um, there's been a group of, uh, of people who have been practicing the Korban Pesach, uh, it's usually done on the 10th of Nisan somewhere. Um, it's been done in different places around the country. Um, but it's been done in different places. Well, you actually have Kohanim dressed in the full garb with a Mizbeach that would be a sufficient uh, size Mizbeach. And you'll see them practicing this. Um, the concept is very good. Their choreography and their video guys and their PR uh, are not as great. So uh, be patient when you... Uh, um, when, when you're watching it, 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 it could be produced better, but it, it hasn't yet. Um, but, uh, but, the, but, but the importance is, is, is the practice. These require practice, uh, and therefore they're, they're practiced a lot. Okay, um, when that part is finished, the animal then has to be um, cut open. There's certain parts of the animal have to be brought on the Mizbeach, so they are passed up and they are burnt on top of the Mizbeach. Those are standard elements that are, um, that are brought there. Uh, like in any in any korban, the emurim they're known as. We read them, we read them. We hopefully, we all read them on our own in our living room. Um, in in last week's parsha, we'll read them again in our living room this week's parsha. Um, so a lot of living room learning for that. So just pay attention uh, to the list of emurim that are there. Uh, they are burnt on the uh, on the mizbeach, and at that point, the, uh, the the person has finished um, what has to be done um, in the Beit Hamikdash. However, there is something else that's going on at the, at, while this whole thing is happening that is an incredible sight to see. Uh, at the same time, all this korban stuff is happening, 
on the stairs in the Beit HaMikdash, an entire choir, okay, is there. Okay, they make Midrash Harova sound like, you know, Shames and Sussman, okay? Uh, these guys, you know, these guys know what they're doing, uh, and, you know, and they are singing Hallel. Uh, and they sing Hallel during the bringing of the Korban Pesach. Uh, and if they go through the entire Hallel, and they're still, you know, not finished yet, so then they would start over again, and if they finished that, they would start over yet again, okay? Um, so this, the Hallel is going on by the Levi'im at the same exact time, that uh, that all of the uh, korban pesach, the shechita is going on, the kabbalah, the holacha, the zvika, the whole the whole the whole business is happening. Okay, uh, they open the doors and they let the group one go. They let group two in. Okay, I would just imagine because that's the type of guy I am uh, that there's an indoor and an outdoor in order to make sure that you don't end up with a with a, with a crowd going on in the same place. So, but uh, I'm sure someone is has has dealt with this uh, crowd control. Um, and uh, by the way, there are also been people doing a lot of research on Aliyah regal and crowd control and the whole thing, um, and they're learning a lot from what goes on in Mecca, okay, or what went on in Mecca up until Corona, um, when, uh, you know, they have, you know, millions of people that are show up in Aliyah regal to Mecca, uh, and how they deal with crowd control and how they move people from one place to the other, etc. So um, over here, people here have been watching that very closely in order to try to learn uh, you know, systems analysis in order to figure out how to do that in the in, in the most proper way. So, in any event, uh, at this point, the person is finished. Everything has to be done in the Beit Hamikdash, and he takes his 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 animal, okay, which is now meat, okay, uh, and he takes it um, back um, to uh, the other areas of Yerushalayim. The meat cannot leave Yerushalayim. If the meat leaves Yerushalayim, it becomes disqualified cannot leave Yerushalayim. When we discuss Yerushalayim, we're talking about the areas that were in the original um, Yerushalayim at the time of Bayit Sheni. Um, that is going to include, uh, depending on which wall we're talking about, um, but for our purposes, it includes Yisog Yosef, uh, and it includes the Midrash building, um, which is what's important to us. Okay. Uh, so uh, at, at this point, it needs to be taken, and it needs to be, uh, it needs to be roasted. The Korban Pesach has to be prepared in a manner which is considered flesh. It has to be roasted directly on fire. You cannot cook it. By cooking, we mean with a liquid. Okay. You cannot fry it using a pan or anything like that. It needs to be barbecued. Okay. It needs to be roasted on uh, on a flame, and the, all of the cooking has to come directly from the heat of the uh, of the fire. Now, what's generally done is they would they would they would build a special type of oven for this. Okay, it was known as tanur psachim, right? Nicely named. Okay, the the pesach oven, the tanur psachim, uh, and what it would the way it would it would work is that they would take a um, a skewer. Okay, and when I say skewer, some of you are thinking like a little skewer. And no, no, we're talking about the entire animal to be skewered here. Okay, so the entire animal on this one large. Um, a skewer, the skewer was made out of, very important, was made out of wood. It was made out of wood from a pomegranate tree, is what appears in the Mishnah. Uh, the reason it was not made out of metal, which would have been the obvious candidate for skewers, as you look around, that's what you're going to have. Um, it, and the reason is because um, that would heat up. In other words, when the, the, if, if you use a metal skewer, 
So it will conduct its own heat, and therefore the part that is going to be touching the inside of the animal, the part that is in direct contact with the metal skewer, will be being cooked by the metal and not by the fire. And that would disqualify it. So you want to use an item that doesn't conduct the heat, which is wood. Uh, and in this case, the, the pomegranate is, is, is suggested to be the best one for this. Uh, and uh, so you skewer the whole thing, and it is placed uh, in this tanur sakun. Uh, I don't want to go through all the details now, but there's a fascinating makhluk between the Rambam and the Raivet uh, as to what you do about the Gid HaNasheh, okay, which is a part of the animal that we do not eat in any animal that's out there. So you're not allowed to eat it. On the other hand, we have another we have a halacha that says you're supposed to roast the whole thing complete. So how do you get those two things together? That's a, do we remove the gidan hashem or don't we remove the gidan hashem? So those of you who are curious, you can look at the Rambam and arrive at it in Hilchot Korban Pesach to see what happens with the gidan hashem. In any event, you you roast the whole uh, the whole animal, and uh, after it is roasted, this is generally done on erev Yom Tov, on erev uh, in other words the 14th in the afternoon. However, it doesn't have to be, as I mentioned earlier, because you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov. So if you did not get it done before nightfall, you could do it after nightfall. Not a problem. It was only done you know, before, so the Korban Pesach was ready to be eaten. Uh, and here's one of the clinches, I'll spoil it for tomorrow, at the beginning of the Seder. Okay? Um, as opposed to, to us, who, who, who sit there and, 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 and cherish a small piece of potato. Okay? I'm begging for more nourishment, uh, while everybody has 10 billion divrei Torah that they learned in Midrashah that they have to bring home, and, and four yeshiva guys, and etc. Okay, it's going to be a little bit different this year, because everybody's Seder is going to be very, 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 very small. Um, but nonetheless, you know, you guys at least have, have four hours of Korban Pesach uh, shearing to go over with everybody uh, at, at, at the Seder. So you're sitting there trying to, to you know, to, to, to mask your hunger. Um, until you get to, uh, to normal food, it, when, uh, there they, they, they served at the very, very beginning of, of the state. And we'll talk about why that, that is tomorrow. Uh, okay, so you end up, and then the halacha here is it has to be eaten, the exact way it has to be eaten, we'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, but a very uh, important halacha, the korban pesach, two things. Um, number one is you cannot break a bone. Not allowed to break a bone um, in the preparation or the eating of the Korban Pesach. Okay, no, no bone breaking. Uh, why that's the case, we'll, we'll mention things tomorrow that, uh, we won't deal with this directly, but we'll mention things tomorrow that will give us a little bit more light on that subject. Uh, the other important halacha is that um, um, you're not allowed to leave any of the meat over until the following morning. It has to be finished. Uh, it has to be finished at night. As a matter of fact, it should be finished by midnight. Okay, um, by by midnight. This is the famous thing that you know. If you come from those very firm homes and everybody's you know ten thousand divrei Torah and all this stuff like that, everybody's looking at their watch. Oh my God, we have to be command before midnight. command before midnight. What is eating the command before midnight all about? Um, it's it's about this. Okay, it's about the idea that the, that the end time of the korban pesach. Um, was midnight, had to be finished by then. Now, uh, this is a machloket as to whether or not it has to be finished by then on a Doraita level, or it has to be finished by then on a Durabbanan level, um, but in really in principle, according to the Torah, you could have eaten the Korban Pesach until the morning. 
Okay, uh, and that's that, that's an interesting question because the uh, the reason that it has to be eaten right then uh, is, and with this we'll 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 sort of just uh, we'll, we'll close for today. We have another nine minutes and seventeen seconds. Um, the korban pesach is a specific type of a korban shlamim. The, all the various korbanot can be divided down into, into different types of korbanot. There's a ola, there's a chatat, there's an asham, there's a shlamim. Those are the basic categories that we have. Uh, each of them has its own reason why you would bring it. Each of them has its own rules about what you do with it, what you do with the blood, where you do the shkita, who gets to eat it, etc., and uh, how long you have to eat it. Okay, the, so the who, what, where, when, why, and how uh, are, are different throughout all of those types of korbanot. The korban uh, Pesach is a specific type of korban that very much resembles a korban toda. It is a korban shlamim. Okay, how do I know it's a korban shlamim? Because one of the telltale signs of a korban shlamim is that the people who eat it are the people who brought it. So for instance, a korban ola, no one eats because it's burnt on the Mizbeach. A korban chatat, a korban asham, are eaten by the Kohanim. The korban shlamim is eaten by the owners. Okay, in most cases, the Kohanim get part of it, and the Mizbeach gets part of it, and the owners get part of it. But it's eaten by the owners. So the very fact that I see that it's, it's being eaten by the owners indicates that it is in the category of a korban shlamim. Usually, Usually, the halacha by korban shlamim is that you have the day that it is brought. Okay, today is Monday, right? Thank you. Everybody know the day of the week it is? That's one of those trick questions these days. The day of the week is it? Okay. Uh, uh, is, so, so the, uh, but it's Monday. It's Monday. So if you were to bring a korban shlamim today, you would have today to eat the korban, tonight to eat the korban, and tomorrow, Tuesday, to eat the korban. Okay? You would have that much time to eat the meat of the korban. Um, however, when it comes to a korban tamid, you don't have that. Korban tamid has to be eaten on the day that it's brought and on the night after it's brought until l'chatchila, dirabanan, midnight, and until the morning on the daraita level. And the explanation that's given here by, uh, by, by the mitziv, but it's, but it's obvious by, you know, many people discuss this, uh, is that the idea is that when you bring a korban tamid, you have a lot of meat you gotta eat, and along with the regular korban tamid, not with the korban pesach, okay, you have to bring 40 different types of, of, of lechem, okay, 30 that are actually matzah and 10 that are chametz. So you have 40 rolls that are there, plus an animal to eat, and you have how long to do it? Well, if you brought it today in the afternoon, you would have just today and tonight until midnight, that's it. So you gotta eat this, this is, it's an enormous amount of meat. And all these these these, these lachmaniot that are out there. So what's the idea? That the only way to possibly do that is to invite everybody over for a kiddush, right? So you invite everybody for a suda hodaya, and they all eat from the korban uh, and toda. And you and and, and and while they're there, you get a chance to tell them the exact miracle that happened to you and why you're so thankful to Hashem Baruch That's within the Nitzis explanation, and, and, and it's 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 very 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 logical. I, I think. Many other refreshing points, it's not just the Nitziv, but it's famous as, as the Nitziv's idea. So as such, the Korban Pesach is a, uh, is, is a type of Korban Toda. It's a Korban Toda, not just as we talked about in the first installment, that it's a renewal of our Jewish license, 
but it is a korban to that and thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the incredible miracles that he performed in these in Yitzhak Mitzrayim stories. Uh, and that is uh, why the time limit of the Korban Pesach will take us only up to midnight of that night, or, or one of the reasons. I just suggest something else tomorrow, um, but at least that's one of the reasons um, that, 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 that is there. So you have to be very careful to try to finish it all by then. Uh, anything left over um, until afterwards, the next morning is burnt. Okay, it's one of those um, things that the that the Gemara tells us that if you uh, are, are are if you're if you're negligent in this and you do leave the uh, the meat over until the next morning, you do not receive a punishment for it. In general, it's the lotase. The lotase, as we mentioned in last year, the the default punishment would be lashes for it. There are no there is no punishment for leaving the um, the meat over until the until the morning. That's for two reasons. Number one. It's a lav she'en bo It's a passive uh, offense, not an active offense. Okay, there's no there's no punishments for a passive offense. The way you transgress this is by not having eaten it. Okay, just by passively leaving it there. That's reason number one. Uh, and reason number two is because it's what's known as a lav hanitak ase. It is it is a it is a lav. It is a lotase that is connected to a mitzvah say That if I transgress the lav, then I have a way of sort of making it up making amends for it by doing the assay. The assay is to burn the stuff afterwards. So the chatfila, we don't leave anything over, but if I did leave it over, it has to be burned um, on, 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 on the next day. Okay, um, that will complete today's, uh, today's feast. We left out a huge uh, discussion of exactly how to eat it and, 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 and who eats it and why we eat it and, and etc. That we will, Bezrat uh, Hashem, pick up tomorrow uh, at the same time. Cool tube, everybody. It's been a lot of fun. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Thank you.